Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight we are on episode 172, and tonight I want to talk about um, a question that hasn't been asked to us directly by any viewer as of yet, but in passing, a lot of times I get this question, Ben, and I'm sure you've gotten it too. What would be in your ideal survival kit? And it's something that I've been asked a few times and given it some real thought. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of break this down. And first of all, what I'd like to do, Ben, just uh, so anybody out there that's listening, if you're part of our listening audience, not our viewing audience, like normal, we have no rehearsal, nothing like this. We just had an idea and we're coming into it. So what I'd like to do to start off, Ben, is let's throw some... Um, some refinements on what we mean by survival kit, because I mean, that could be a very broad stroked brush. I kind of have some ideas where I'd like to narrow that down a little bit and get your thoughts on what you would like this to represent as well. Does that make sense? Okay. I just want to bring up our chat here in case somebody pops in on us. Um, so for me, the big things I'm going to look at is the survival kit uh, to me has to actually be like a survival kit. It's not a go out in the woods and have fun kit. You know what I mean? Cause you can get some survival kits that got some really extravagant items in them. You're not just going out and surviving. Cause we have talked about this before. Surviving is what you do when there's no other choice. Uh, yeah. if you're doing above and beyond that, then you're just going out into the woods. So to me, this has to be an actual survival kit, you know, crap hits the fan kind of deal. Um, my second constraint, if this makes sense, is it has to be small enough. Somebody is actually willing to take it because if it's too big, nobody will actually take this thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the third constraint would be it has to be cost effective. And I'm not saying cheap. I'm saying it has to be cost effective. It has to make sense for what you're getting. Yep. Okay. So portable. Reasonably priced, as in not not necessarily the most state-of-the-art equipment known to man. Um, yeah, I think we can do that. Like I said, the last one for me was, uh, or sorry, yeah, an actual survival kit, I guess, which is just the open statement on this, like... Because yeah. I always get the, and where I come from for this, for anybody that's wondering, is I always get the, oh, what do you want in your survival kit? And I'll list off what I think should be in a survival kit. And then you'll start getting like the, where's your luxury items? And I'm like, but it's a survival kit. You know what? That's not my camping kit. That's my survival kit. And that, I guess that's where I want to draw the line there. At least make some differ, differentiations that way. When I'm explaining my thoughts, people understand where I'm coming from, I guess. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. Okay, so bacon is out. Yeah, that's right, Steve. Bacon's out. Like I said, for me anyway, from when I'm giving my two cents on this, it's going to be solely survival-based. Like, uh, this is the thing for you throw in the back of your car, the bottom of your pack. Um, something happened and you just got to, you know, you're now stuck in an overnight situation when you did not expect to be in an overnight situation. That's kind of where I'm at. You're just trying to get by not necessarily have a great time when you're doing it though that's always a benefit but that's not the idea behind it no um okay so somewhat like a bug out bag 
Well, I, I didn't want to go with bug out bag either, because that's still, once again, that could take into other avenues. This is literally, like, to me, it's something happened, you gotta spend the night. Maybe two. You know what I mean? Like, because to me, surviving is you're waiting for somebody to come get you. You're in a survival situation. You're most likely waiting on rescue, if that's fairly safe. Because we've said in ourselves, and uh, in the past ourselves, and I'm sure you can attest to this, most times if you get lost, you have to spend the night in the woods. Uh, folks like you, search and rescue is going to be coming looking for you as soon as they know you're not where you should be. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's just... To start with, I know quite a few people who do this, so I'm going to throw this out there. Um, the the fanny pack, butt pack, small add-on pack that a lot of people have with their gear um, are often set up for this particular purpose. And it's because you may go for a brief walk without your backpack when you're at camp, but this is the thing they take every time to go with them. So a small sling bag would, would fit. So let's let's go with something, say, 8 liters. Like it's I said, it has to be small, reasonable. Sorry. It's a relatively small portable pack, something you throw over your shoulder. Small, relatively lightweight, can get you out of a bind in if it's if it happens. Okay, I I, I think I can uh, I think we can build something pretty neat here. Not that we can't expand on this, don't get me wrong. I'm not cutting this off and saying, Oh, we can never talk about any of that. I just mean for starting off, let's yeah, it's a good place to start. Well, if we don't sit limits, we know that me and you will be talking tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And that was the other thought on this, too, because we could go down some real steep rabbit holes with this and have a ton of fun with it, too. Oh, yeah. So, let's break this down pretty quick. Um, to start. So, you want to keep it relatively com compact and lightweight. Um... Does everything have to be in the pack? Because there's a few things I keep on my person regardless. And that was a point I was going to break up later or bring up later as well. So we can talk about that as it comes. And I mean, the big one for me, just for an example, and maybe this is your example too, was a knife. I didn't necessarily include a knife in my survival kit because I generally always have a knife on me. You know what I mean? Anybody that's going out into the woods... Uh, I assume they're probably going to have a knife on them. In my car, my truck, I keep a knife in that vehicle. Uh, now, if there was somebody out there that's like, oh, that's unreasonable, I don't do that, then insert knife into kit. <laughs> but for the <laughs> basics of this, <laughs> I assume I already have a knife. I assume somebody like yourself would also have a knife. I mean, that's exactly. Like, already. You know what I mean? I got literally one, two, three, four, five, six. I have seven of them sitting around me right now. Yeah. So... Yeah, me, neither me, neither of us, if you caught us outside without a knife on us, chances are we're about to get on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> or we're being kidnapped and we need help. And help, yes. <laughs> These are the two reasons we are without a knife that I've ever heard of. But, okay. So, although I think... A knife could be part of this kit, obviously. If I was to throw one in, it would probably be a relatively small, lightweight one. Something that can just get me um, quick and easy use. Um, but I would say a Bic lighter would be one of my first things I'd throw on there. Uh, or a waterproof lighter, if you can get it. The easy way to make those waterproof, I think we've talked about this before, is some box board some electrical tape, just wrap it around nice and tight, 
clean off the cap, you can dunk that underwater, pull it out, the thing's still going to light up. Uh, and one little, I had lighter on mine as well, and the, the only point, oh, that was way too far. The only point I wanted to make on lighter was, I love the idea of having like strikers and stuff like that in your survival kit. It's great if you got the, the know-how to use them. But if you this is a survival situation and you've never used a striker before, now you got to learn how to use a striker, get your tinder and all that stuff together, along with the stress of a survival situation. When a simple lighter that takes up basically the same amount of room as a good strike, like flint and steel or ferrocium rod and striker, you just flick it and you got flame. It's open yeah. flame. No, agreed. I, I I love having a lighter, and you can throw another thing into it, like a. What I might go with is you see, ever see those little magnesium blocks with the flint on the back? I had one in my hand taken for demonstration. I said, no, nah, neither of us will mention that. And I put it back. <laughs> I, for years, I kept one on me. I've never really had to use it, but it, the, the magnesium is easily easy to ignite in a real bad situation with a knife, as long as you have something to grind it off. Or I think they used to come with a little saw blade attached to them. You can get a fire going. I have tested it. It works quite well. Uh, we've often said, especially in emergency situation, one is none, two, two is one, one is none. So the lighter could get damaged. We could get there and realize that the way it had been packed, the button got depressed, uh, and the thing was empty when you get there. So now you have limited fire ability. So, so something like that, it's relatively small, lightweight. Um, the other option I would seriously consider is there used to be these things for forever matches that you just it's sort of like a zippo lighter but it just has a stick yes and a wick and the flint is usually in the wick i have a bunch of them there i picked them up for dirt cheap the only problem with the ones i had is they had really sharp corners and they tend to damage what you get put them into i think but i've also heard like, them called trench lighters trench lighters maybe yeah because uh <laughs> and i could be wrong and i'm sure there's going to be a history buff out there that can correct me on this um they got popular in uh, in the war from the trenches because, one, it didn't emit a lot of light because it's just an ember, and two, it still worked when it was relatively wet out, aside from more matches and stuff like that that were a lot more common would be easier to put out and spot. Uh, but they might also be called a sailor's lighter for the same... I, I've also heard the story that they became big on boats for the same kind of reasons. I mean... I have a good affinity for Zippo lighters. I've always liked them, but what I've disliked about them. I've yet to find one that doesn't have a minor amount of leakage. Mm. Um, so the ones I had like that, they have an O-ring on it. When you screw them down, they they lock, and they have a piece of flint on the side, same as those magnesium blocks. Something like that. So you'd have two ways of lighting a fire, right? Uh Waterproof matches, especially high wind waterproof matches, be equally as good. Just have two two methods for lighting a fire. Um, and the nice thing with both of these is even if you had wet wood, something that like a, a those windproof waterproof matches usually burn for quite a while. You can oftentimes get a fire going on something that wouldn't catch with a with a spark like you would just a fire steel. I mean, you have to have pretty good conditions to get fire steel to work good. Yeah. Um, or you have to have a lot of skill with one. Uh, and I, I don't mean that in a snobbish kind of way. You just have to have the know-how that you have to process your tinder down to almost a powder and build it up. Like, I mean, there, uh, you have to have a fair bit of experience using one behind it. Yeah. 
they they do work great but there is a limitation so something with a steady flame you have a better chance of getting a steady flame from something that already has a steady flame rather than trying to bring it up from a spark you know we're assuming survival you could be very cold very wet bitter very miserable at the point you're starting to try and light a fire and everyone knows when you're cold and wet your hands aren't working quite as well and next thing you know that thing that you had plenty of skill to do before you barely got the skill to run now so uh i would go with one of those things so a lighter and or match type system there you go i agree and uh for all the reasons listed above the next thing that i would bring up just keep on trucking through here uh and i love this because it's so simple and it's cost effective, and I know you've seen them too, because I know uh, I've probably gotten one from you or you've gotten one from me. These great little emergency shelters, which um, a lot of times you'll get a space blanket or an emergency blanket, but this is same cost. This is from the Dollarama, literally, I think it was 3 or $4. I can't remember what we paid yeah. for it. But it is an entire 8-foot-long shelter made yeah. out of the Mylar material, so you're going to get inside. Uh, if you have a candle or something like that, you could actually keep a little heat in there and stay warm. I, I kept one with my search and rescue gear. It, it actually just slid inside the belt. I used to fold it in half. There was a little pouch that went quite a ways in, and I used to just threw one of those in. There was a couple other little things in it, but that was the thing. I forget about it, just how small light and lightweight it, it, it is. Uh, but like I said, it's a shelter that two people could sleep in if you had to. Uh, you can kind of cinch the ends down a little bit. Uh, wouldn't take much. Make one of those bush type um, clothespins. If anyone doesn't know how to do that, we can show you at some point. Uh, but something to close that hole off, and uh, that's a great system. Uh, yeah, uh, it covers a few things. It gives you shelter for sure, which was on my kind of list. But if you have that, you don't even need to add it. Uh, it gives you shelter. It also retains more heat than just a regular tarp. Um, you can't just wrap your body straight up in it like a, an emergency blanket. In fact, you can wrap a couple of bodies up in it and not make the whole shelter, and you're going to stay a lot warmer. Uh, so uh, that's an awesome system. Yeah, no, I like that. And the other thing is, of course, which it lists on the package, but I also had in my mind, was you can use it as a signaling device. Uh, you th th Like this one from the dollar store, silver on both sides, but trust me, this is, uh, well, if it's eight feet long... I think each wall is like... Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's 8 by 8 or something like that or something. But anyway, it's big enough. You're going to see that from a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, you can get these online as well. They vary in price. I looked it up before we started here. You can get them anywhere from, uh, I think I see $9.99 to like $19.99. Various sizes, various styles. You can get them with orange backing. Once again, you can decide what you want to go there. But I know, bare minimum, you can get these from the Dollarama four bucks and it's going to serve the purpose and it's great like this is the one that literally sits in my bag um even when i go out ben and i go out this is sitting on the bottom of my bag much like he did with search and rescue it just goes there i forget about it and if things go really bad i know i have that yeah um, for sure so we got Lighter match system, mylar shelter, for sure. Those 
you know, we haven't taken up much room in our pack at all yet, so we have some room. I would suggest maybe throw on their water system. And this is where I figured we'd get into a discussion a little bit, because I had container, much like this. Uh, this is just a, a stainless steel container. The only thing I wish about this one is that it didn't have the plastic ring around the top. Now, that's not a deal breaker for me. That just means I probably won't use it for boiling water unless I absolutely had to, because chances are the first time you boil water, you're going to warp those threads. But in a survival situation, you can bet your butt I'd be boiling water out of this thing. Um, if you can find one... I tossed, David. <laughs> What's that? I had a few I just tossed that have the pure steel all Oh, there. no, you did not. Well, they, they might still be around, but they, they're on the list of go, things going. Oh, no. Uh, if you have one, let me know. But, yeah, something like that and maybe some water purification tablets. Best place in the world to pick those up. Um, Value Village, things like places like that. They almost always have a bunch. That's where I got this one. Yeah. I just Like um, I said, it just had the plastic ring at the top. But, yeah. uh, I have that exact same style too, um, for sure. So that's that's a way of holding water. And yes, you can boil water, but again, you may have trouble getting a fire lit. A quick and easy system is um, chlorine. Chlorine or iodine, yeah. Chlorine um, or iodine. I found iodine smells and tastes. Less I agree. Pleasant. Uh, and you can purify a lot of water with a very small amount of chlorine. I think it works out to just a couple of drops in a in a thing like that. Um, yeah, it, there is a ratio thing online, and I used to know it, but I mean, it's like, it's you said it's an amazingly small amount to a yeah. large quantity of water. Yeah, and you put those drops in, and you wait like an hour or so, and you won't taste the chlorine anymore, and it's and it's clean. Uh, at least from bacteria and viruses and stuff like that, it's still going to have any dirt. Um, and the quick system for that, I mean, the quick and cheap system is a bandana. Filter your water through a cloth. Um, yes. If you want to take up a bit more room, again, doesn't cost all that much. Uh, Sawyer Mini or Life Straw. Yeah, Life Straw is a great one, too. Right. Um, I have a preference to the mini, but honestly, both of them for what we're talking about equally adequate for that. So I've used both the life straw and the Sawyer mini, and I have a preference to the Sawyer mini as well, simply because in its purest form, the yeah. Sawyer mini takes up less room and does more water. It also filters more. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like it, it, like, it packs like it up has a higher filtration rate by almost a whole percentage. Oh, you mean like 98.8 versus 99.9? an extra decimal. Yeah. If, if you look it up, it actually, so it, it filters 10 times more in the fact, if you look at the map. But what they say is anything you find in North America, both of them will filter the same things out. So container and filter system or water purification method. Yep. I got that added up in there. Um Something I had on my list, and this is where we're going to go, uh, maybe a little bit of discussion, was I had navigation or signaling devices. So be it a button, compass, and whistle, or some combination of those two. 
once again, I hummed and hawed on this one simply because so many people take their cell phones. But the reality is cell phone batteries die. If you go overboard or something like that, you get dunked. The battery could be ruined. So I, I still kind of left it in there as literally navigation and signaling device, which the blanket kind of doubled as, or the shelter did, but still some sort of navigation device, which can be as simple as a button compass, as long as it's a half decent quality one. If, if you buy, it doesn't have to be an expensive one because I've got cheaper ones, but a lot of the uh, base plate style compasses ha have the mirror in it and it helps guide you a bit better using the mirror uh and that mirror acts as a signaling device they don't weigh that much they're probably four inches by three inches and are less than a half inch thick total maybe maybe three quarters if you got a thicker one um and it gives you a signal usually a small magnifying glass and uh <clears throat> i think you'd be hard pressed to start a fire with that particular magnifying glass but you do get the signal you get a small magnifying glass, which is really good for like your first aid types things. You have to find a splinter or something. Um, so I would almost recommend going. Like if I was going to put a bit extra size into it, I would go with the better compass. Yeah, and once again, I, I didn't really specify a kind on this one because it's going to depend on the room and stuff that you have. But definitely some sort of navigation device. Well, you should be going into the woods with one regardless. Um, but just in case, you never know. Once yeah. again, something happens, bottoms out, this is the bag, like, this is your fanny pack. You were only going for a walk to get water and got turned around kind of deal. At least you got something with you. Uh, from the comments here, we have Pace Driver who mentioned a whistle, so that would fall under our signaling devices, and Fox makes great whistles. Uh, I actually had one from Search and Rescue here that I got from Ben. Uh, yeah. I think it's literally sitting right here. Uh, but yeah, any kind of whistle that's going to be high frequency, high pitch, it's going to do a great job. So I think this is a Fox 46. Or a Fox 40, sorry. Fox 40 Classic. Okay. Good whistle, doesn't weigh that much. You can most i think they have a key ring in the back you can you can honestly stick it on the zipper of your your uh coat pocket whatever um yeah I, I you know signaling device always pretty good um especially for noise the other thing i would almost recommend is your uh trail tape whatever flagging tape flagging tape and I've always recommended a Sharpie, probably a smaller one than this, but a Sharpie. Uh, and the thing is what you can do, roll out about, you know, 18 inches, two feet, write your name to date on it and just hang it into a tree. If you are lost, walk a couple of hundred feet all the way around yourself and put a bunch of these in. That makes when search and rescue or someone comes looking, they're not looking for a single object or they can now potentially find you if you're within a few hundred feet, right? So hundred feet to your left, hundred feet to your right, hundred feet forward, hundred feet back, and then maybe split each of those distances. And now it's going to be really hard for them to miss you. Uh, when they're coming through there now, there's a whole bunch of things. And when they hit one with your name and date, they're not, they're going to know to not go too far. If you have your compass, 
you can actually say I'm north of here, I'm south of here, I'm you know, you can give them direction. And that's quite a bit of information to relay on to people that are trying to rescue you. If they have a general direction and a date when you were at a location, they can narrow down where you are pretty quick within a reasonable amount of distance. Yeah. Um, You know, and if they know you were there, then they're not going to be spending a ton of time looking for you elsewhere. Uh, So if you can narrow where people are looking for you down, it's really going to help. Um, I've often said too, like if the second you're lost, mark mark where you're to, uh, and that way you at least don't get more lost. Uh, one of the methods we've talked about in the past is you mark a spot, take your compass out, and walk. Same thing we just described: walk 100 feet or 200 feet north, come back to that spot. Walk 200 feet south, come back to that spot. East, west. At any of those times, did you see something you recognized? Did you hit the trail you left? If not, go to 300 feet, 400 feet, but keep coming back to the one spot. And then when people are looking for you, you know, you're not going to have got continued going off as you got lost, right? You're going to start heading, uh, you stay relatively still. But in that meantime, you may find your location. You may say, oh, gee, this is the trail or this is my truck. <laughs> And you know what? Lots of people have gotten lost less than 500 feet from their vehicle. Oh, yeah. It's very easy to do. First time I ever got lost, I was probably less than 50 feet from a, from a building. And that happens too. Like I right. said, it's not hard when you get in the right kind of woods. I mean, I wasn't. I guess I wasn't truly, truly lost, but at the time I thought I was. And all I had done was walk through a bunch of alder bushes. And when I turned around, all the bushes looked the same and I couldn't see the building through it because the, the foliage was foliage it was so thick that you know until i walked at 10 15 feet out i couldn't see the building once i got out it was easy right um, but it's easy to panic and then take off in one direction and then be further away and further away and then by the time you realize you've panicked and done something stupid you're already half a kilometer away and if you don't know the right direction you're just going to keep making it worse. Staying still is, is a pretty good one. So, signaling and identif- like location identification, like I said, a little marker and a, some uh, flagging tape make a big difference. Let's spell that right now. That's no, two L's. All right, signaling device. Um... So the next thing I had on my list, and I'm sure it was somewhere on your list, Ben, was a first aid kit. And I mean a basic first aid kit, but a first aid kit nonetheless. Yeah. You may not need a complete crash bag, but some of the things that I thought should be in the first aid kit, just to give people an idea, uh, some band-aids, some basic band-aids to help with, you know, minor cuts and scrapes and stuff like that. Uh, At least one triangular bandage. And know how to use that triangular bandage, because if you need to sling an arm, you can do that. If you have to wrap something, you can use it for that. If you need it as an emergency filter for your water, you can use it for that, much like your bandana. Um, It's just good to have a triangle bandage and know how to use it. You can do splinting with them. Uh, You can do a lot with a triangle bandage and a little knowledge. And the last thing I put on there was uh, a couple strips of duct tape. And you may ask, why do you put that in the first aid kit? It's great for blisters. As well as it works as a good tinder and a few other things, but it's great for blisters first and foremost. I would throw in there um, some kind of uh, cleaner. 
Disinfectant, and, you mean? What? What do you mean by cleaner? Uh, it could be alcohol, like we've been using, like sanitizer or uh, polysporin, uh, something to clean and and protect a wound. Um, especially something like polysporin usually has some elements in there to prevent fungus, different types of things, and also some a, a minor painkiller found within it. Uh, did you have aspirin? No, I did not. I didn't have any painkillers or anything like that. Uh, I usually do recommend aspirin for a few reasons. Uh, you can also throw in there some sugar of some type, some so suckers, uh, lifesavers, things like that. Bit of energy, bit of uh, sugar boost, especially if you're diabetic in your party. Having that there in, a, in an emergency. And last but not least, and again, I think this is a first aid item, is toilet paper. Uh, just a, a, a few squares, but it, it acts, it can act as a dressing, not a perfect dressing by any means, but a dressing and uh, its obvious purpose. And it can also be used as a fire starter. Nope. I can't uh, disagree with any of that, to be honest with you. Uh, so once again, that's band-aids, triangular bandages, strips of duct tape, cleaner, disinfectant, uh, candy slash sugar, toilet paper, and painkillers or aspirin. And I know a lot of people throw a couple of condoms in there. You know what? Condoms work as major sources of holding water. Uh, I can't remember what it is, but a single condom can hold a massive amount of water as a container. It's close to a gallon. Is it close to a gallon? Yeah, I know it's quite a bit. So so all those guys are going out there and saying that the condom's too small. Like... It's Fubar. Huh? It's Fubar, I tell you. If you're ever bored, take a condom, open it up, and see, like just driving down the road, hold it out the car window. Those things get massive, and it's hilarious. Uh, expect to turn some heads and potentially get in trouble, but it is fun. There's a woman, I think she was in Europe somewhere, she... she... She got tired of people complaining and she put her whole leg in one. Yeah, I could believe that. Like, uh, <laughs> whole other topic, I guess. But anyway, yeah, they, they expand a lot and will hold a lot of liquid. They're not the most durable thing on the planet, but with a little care, they, they'll hold a good supply of water enough for a couple days. Yeah. But if you have to... To cover something, I mean, you can cover your arm, leg, uh, food. You can actually wrap, like, food up into one if you had to. Preserve, protect it from the environment. There's things you can do with one. You're willing to, uh, so it's something to throw in there. Uh, let's see, what else did I have on my list? Um, and something I thought about putting in, which I actually like. It's the one hokey thing I'll say that I actually like in a first aid kit is a micro fishing set. Couple hooks, some line, and some sinkers. I mean, this has been proven. We've done it. Uh, yep. More Ben than me. Uh, it's been used on a loan. That show countless times. <laughs> I did it. You witnessed. Yep. But I mean, with a junk of line, a stick, uh, a hook, and a weight, you can catch fish. You can cut yourself a floating piece of wood and you can like leave a line out there. It's just worth having. Uh, learn yourself some knots and you can set up some pretty neat things that they're passive 
gathering, you know what I mean? Or passive hunting or fishing, whatever you want to call it. And potentially get yourself some grub while you're working on something else. Yeah. For sure. And a fishing kit. And honestly, that's about what I had in mind. Hmm? Yeah, I could add more. Don't get me wrong. But to keep in the constraints of what I was thinking, that's pretty much what I had in my kit. Yeah. Oh, no, that's that's not bad. Um, did we have tweezers on there anywhere? No, we did not. But that should definitely fall under first aid simply because uh, ticks are a real thing in our neck of the woods. You know what I mean? I know in a lot of places of the world they're not. But here, that's a big thing. Just pulling a splinter out. So what about you, Ben? Was there anything else on this list that you feel should be in an essential emergency kit? Or from here on, does it kind of ramp up? And there are some things that I am going to talk about, like niceties. If you have room, you should include this. But this was my bare bones. This is what your kit should have. Kind of going with uh, everything else you have there. I would have to say some kind of rope. Uh, you'll need it for the shelter. You can use it in the first aid kit. You can... Um, work for the fishing, uh, paracord is a, is a popular one, but there's, I mean, I'm pretty fond of, uh, am steel, uh, for so strength, lightweight. I don't know if you ever noticed Ben, but this shelter has yeah. rope in it. Yeah, no, no. And, and if you have that shelter, that's fine, but extra rope can, can do a lot. The other thing that maybe could be thrown in there is a sewing kit. Very basic. I often have throw one in mind it allows you to put a button back on it also allows you to stitch up a wound uh the needle can be used to help get a splinter out especially if you can't with tweezers um and the needle can be bent to make a fishing hook in a dire strait um don't count on it they may shatter in the attempt unless you have a bit of heat and i have tried making uh hooks out of needles and much like you said a lot of times they've broken but if you get it hot enough and take your time you can bend it i just yeah. am very impatient <laughs> uh yeah so... no i definitely agree with the tweezers and sewing kit for sure uh, i totally forgot about a sewing kit and honestly for anybody that's out there if you do a lot of traveling you stay hotels and stuff sometimes they will have little travel sewing kits as an amenity yeah. yank them because i can guarantee if you touch anything on that counter it's all going to the trash anyway generally Hotels and stuff don't reuse that stuff for sanitation reasons. So if you use one thing, you basically bought the whole kit caboodle. You might as well take what you don't use. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so we've got water. We have a small amount of food. The other thing that's worth throwing in there, uh, kind of with the fishing kit, uh, is a bit of snare wire or lock wire. Uh, you can make snares with it, obviously. Uh, you can also repair kit with it. Um, and you already had duct tape up there, which you can repair your shelter and actually reinforce any points, tie down points with a bit of tape. Makes a huge difference with those. Those things are fragile, but with a bit of tape, you can make them much, much more robust. Uh, you just need a few inches at each, each tie down point. No, but I, I, I mean, I'm just looking over this kit here and honestly, everything that we've listed, including putting the stuff in that we just talked about, you're still not looking at a very big kit. 
This can pack up in a fanny pack easily or a little hip bag or something like that and still have room left over. Yeah. Uh, and assuming you got your knife, like we were able to whittle some pretty nice little um, fishing rods with just, you know, a small stick and a, and a, and a knife. And a lot of stuff you can make. Uh, we, we know that you can easily make uh, a fork, especially a spoon. Spoon's really easy. Spoon, a paddle. I mean, if you can't do a spoon, make a paddle. I've used paddles quite often. That was the first thing I learned to eat or carve to eat with. Or chopsticks, yeah. if you're so inclined. Just a couple sticks and off you go. I have, and I got it from the dollar store, and it's it's probably packed. Otherwise, I'd pull it out and show you. But a little folding knife, uh, a saw. like I have one with a four-inch blade. Uh I think I got mine from the dollar store, and it works surprisingly well. Is it green? And, hmm? Is it green? Mine's black. Okay. I was going to say, I got a green one from the dollar store. That really worked well and surprised me. Yeah. Uh, but if you can find them, uh, and some Swiss Army knives have it too, just like a three to four inch saw blade. Um, as much as you can do with a knife, sometimes the ability to, to saw, yeah is is pretty good um ah uh, a lot oftentimes in my first aid kit i have little tiny like you can buy the little leatherman or gerber i think makes one too but the tiniest micro uh multi-tool they sell yep tiny pair of pliers tiny pair of scissors uh you sometimes even tweezers small small items uh comes in handy in a lot of situations i think a screwdriver, which believe it or not, you can use to help fix your GPS or if you find something in the woods. Uh, that's a good start kit. Um, you would have 90% of what you'd need in there. Um, and what a little bit of skill you can make or find everything else you need. And that's kind of where I was leading up to with all this. All this stuff's great, but none of it's any good if you don't know how to use it. So it's good to have this stuff with you. It's a lot better to know how to use it the way it's meant to and potentially play around with doing things you wouldn't think with something, like I said, or Ben said, with duct tape for reinforcing uh, points or covering blisters or using your snare wire for potentially sewing a piece of clothing or fixing a shelter. Like, get the old juices flowing and you can do a lot with the stuff that's listed in there. Your imagination is literally your only limiting factor. Um, if you want some, something to read, uh, the SAS handbook, the little tiny one, uh, and there's a few other survival ones. And the nice thing is those will have a little bit of everything. There'll be some first aid kit information in them. There's some edible information in there. There's some shelter building information in there. There's some navigation information in there. Like there's a little bit of everything you're going to need and it may help a ton. Like it's, it's a lot of knowledge in a very small package. So um, just looking at the comments here and Steve was throwing in some stuff. Unfortunately, I didn't see them till now, Steve, but uh, Steve said the right paracord includes fishing line inside it. And I actually have some here. It was in my bag. I forgot to pull it out, but yeah, it's got that, uh, it's got fire starter fishing line and you can actually get a kind that has wire in it as well. And it'll cover everything for you. Um, I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. It's survival cordage or something like that. You can find it on Amazon. It is kind of expensive, uh, but you're getting a lot for it at the same time. 
Canadian Tire sold one. It was just fire cord. I have that actually. It's green and it it has the fire cord in it. Uh, I have the stuff that has the fishing line, the fire cord, and something else, but it doesn't have the wire. Uh, I can't remember where it's at, but (laughs) it's red and black. What's that? Uh, And a big thing that Steve said that we kind of didn't mention, and he has a good point here. He said a small light source could make a huge difference in the woods at night if you're stuck. Big mental gain as well. So small LED flashlight. And I actually have one out and I didn't remember it. A chem light or a glow stick is a great thing. Um, What did I do with the little flashlight? Anyway, uh, I did have my little O-light here. And I must have wandered off with it looking for stuff. But it's tiny has a great charge uh it has several settings low and high oh here it is so i mean that's practically tiny compared to my little finger the light is actually smaller than that and it has a low and a high setting uh the high setting i think is only good for maybe like 30 minutes but the low setting is supposed to be good for six hours maybe a little longer uh, it's rechargeable. That's the only catch with this. You would have to keep it charged in your first aid kit, but you can find a similar light that takes a double A battery or triple A battery and just switch your battery out monthly and you'd just be as good off. Uh, the other option for both of these is a survival candle. Uh, they're yeah. great to keep in your pack as well. Problem is a little bit of damage problem there if you're carrying it around through the woods, but if you are leaving the survival kit in your car, I would almost say it's a must-have to throw in there because we've talked about this in past episodes. A single candle in a car, uh, as long as you crack a window and let some fresh air in, will keep you relatively warm. I mean, will you sleep in your underwear because you're sweating? Absolutely not. Will you not freeze to death? More than likely not. So I just quickly checked. There's an outdoor paracord uh, made by Wild Air. I sent you a link. Uh, It has 10 lines in one. Uh, each strand has three yarns, uh, triple braided polyester strands. Um, so that's those. So it's basic, but it only comes with a one PE fishing line, one cotton thread, and one red waterproof flax tinder, fire tinder. Uh, and you get a hundred feet for twenty bucks. Yeah, and that's not bad at all. Uh, no. Actually, I may end up ordering some of that, but. There we go. There's everything that's in it. Um, Extender cotton thread. I just seen it here now. SOL actually has a couple of neat little kits that are pretty well pre-made up. Uh, they don't sponsor us by any means, so I don't care. To, you know, uh, but I have seen that they've had some in Canadian Tire. I think this is I the line I actually have. <laughs> yeah, I think I just got the red and black stuff. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Source, gotta get everything back over there. All right, yeah, they have the same tent style, but it's orange on the outside. I know that theirs are a little bit more robust. Uh, Yeah, I can almost guarantee this is exactly what I have. I got the red and black stuff. Uh, I was using it for making paracord bracelets, which is another great way to carry in a little bit of extra cordage around with you. Uh, You can also get the little buckles that have a whistle in it and a flint in it. Um, I don't know if I would trust my life to any of those things, but it's a great backup just in case. 
So an item that we didn't mention putting in here that I thought would be nice if you can include it as a luxury item, and well, we kind of did. You said small saw, but I'm thinking uh, some sort of sawing device, potentially with like a six to eight inch blade. It's just going to allow you to cut bigger sticks, fine tune that shelter a little bit. It's not 100% necessary because generally you can do enough with a good knife if you have one with you. Uh, that you can make a decent shelter, especially with like the emergency shelter and stuff like that. But if you had the availability to include some sort of saw, and we did talk about these ones you can get from the dollar store, that's a great thing to throw in there. Uh, not only is it going to give you that versatility for making shelters and a little extra options there, if you did get into a situation where you're going to make notches and stuff like that for trapping or whatever, uh, you can cheat a little bit and it's a little easier to make those notches with a saw. It takes a little less effort. Uh, you can get them sometimes a little bit more exact. Once again, uh, your mileage is going to vary a little. Finer teeth makes finer cuts. Larger teeth make faster cuts. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just sent you another link there. Just a basic kit that, that SOL makes. Uh, they had a lot of the stuff that we had listed too. So it's, it's a pretty neat one. Uh, just to get you in the same boats, some fire tinder, some tape, uh, whistle. Um, survival blanket. There we go. Mirror. Yeah, and it actually has a little bit of duct tape in there. Signaling mirror, some fire starters. Fishing uh, needles. Micro fishing gear. I guess your fishing line doubles as your thread, which not a bad idea either. But yeah, same kind of deal. A lot of the same stuff we had on there. The only thing we really added on a little extra was the water purification and a container. Yeah. And of course a shelter, but. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they do have a survival blanket in there. Yeah. Uh, so that's a company that does sort of cater to a lot of this stuff. They have some neat kits out there. Their blankets, my experience, have sort of a ripsop material to them. They're a little bit tougher than the uh, cheaper Mylar ones. Uh, and I think might stand, I don't know if they, they're any warmer, but they definitely would take a little bit more abuse. Uh, so if you have to set one up in the wind or whatever, and it blows around, that'll last, outlast the, the regular Mylar ones. And the funny thing is the Mylar doesn't rip easy, but when it does rip, it disintegrates uh, yeah. quite a bit. It literally comes apart. Um, and one last thing I want to chat about before our show is over, because I do know we're coming up on our hour here very quickly, was if you were interested in augmenting your own survival kit or outing or anything like that, the dollar store is a great place to hit up. Uh, this is just some, these are not my photos first and foremost, but uh, I did find a little website here. And these are just some of the things you can get from the dollar store that you can add into your survival kit. So carabiners, this is a collapsible bowl. I actually have one. It's a good size bowl. Um, your fighting utensils or fork and knife, whatever you want to call them. Emergency blankets. Once again, more plastic wear. I don't know what that's supposed to be. There's one of those paracord bracelets that has all that uh, stuff in the buckle. More carabiners, dry bags. Uh, that's an emergency whistle and container for your matches and stuff like that. Same kind of deal there. That's a LED and whistle. Mosquito nets. A lot of people don't think to throw one of those in, but you know what? Not having bugs gnaw on your face at night when you're trying to sleep 
it's actually kind of nice. You can usually tuck your hands under your arms and stuff like that. And if you're wearing uh, a light jacket and some pants, you're okay, but your face is just going to be eaten for a buck 25. I mean, it, it's a good thing to throw in there. Not only that, you can use it for uh, a fishnet or a dip net and some other stuff, right? Yeah, that comes in handy for a lot of stuff. I, I haven't actually seen the full mosquito jackets at our local Dollarama, but obviously it came from there. So if you can, if you're lucky enough to find one of those, the package isn't a whole lot bigger. These fire starters, these things work amazing. They're basically just sawdust with candle wax in them, but you scrape a little of that with your knife into a powder. It takes a spark very readily, and it burns for quite a while. So these things, you don't have to throw the whole twenty pack in. Just throw one in, and you're good to go. You can make twenty survival kits if you want and give to your friends whatever the case may be but these things are great to have in there for idea if you just look for ideas here's the emergency shelter we were just talking about i just happen to have one there uh tent pegs if you need some extras of those these buckles for your tarps that's not a bad idea tent pegs again a whole eating kit or cutlery kit i have seen these i don't know how i feel about them long empty wise that makes sense uh they've definitely worked for a couple times i don't know if you're gonna have them for life maybe they will i don't know i haven't bought a set just food for thought uh egg holders they have tons of rope is it paracord no does it stretch oh goodness yes but can you tie stuff together with it successfully that's also a yes so if you're looking for cheap cordage and uh, that you're you want to throw what is this 15 meters in and you only paid like a buck 50 maybe two dollars here uh and never worry about it again great place to grab it these are the inflatable pillows doesn't necessarily have to be a survival kit just throw one of these in your car if you ever have to get held over and sleep in your car you know heaven forbid well a little pillow just takes that off a little bit these trekking poles uh melissa actually has a couple of these and she loves them and they're just the dollar store ones and they work great yeah no, I, you know, I've used those and I've used the ones that are 30, 40 bucks. And I, honestly, I haven't seen a huge difference in them. Not um, really. She even, hers came with the round thing a while um, at the bottom. You know how they have the, like the bear paw on the yeah. bottom off them sometimes. That's what I call them. I don't know what they're actually called, but just makes it a little bigger. Uh, camping mats. Uh, foot pump, I guess that's not so relevant, but a little stool. If you have the body weight where one of these will not collapse under your body weight, this is actually isn't a bad little stool to take. Uh, Citronella lamp oil, mosquito burners. What do they got here? These are just... Webbing. Webbing, thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Which, believe it or not, has a ton of uses just for packing your bag. Um, if you have molly or something like that, you can weave this through it just to lash your sleeping bag together. If the bag's getting old, any of that stuff, having some spare webbing, not a bad thing, honestly. Uh, LED and carabiner water storage bag. They collapsed, uh, collapsed down very small. This would be something I carry like in the truck. Yeah. Um, now I think we're back to where we were just some webbing and stuff like that. So. Uh, just food for thought. Like I said, it, I just happened to notice a website where somebody had picked out like most of the camping stuff from the dollar store. And I'm like, these are great things just to keep in mind that you can go to the dollar store and spend like four bucks and get a um, decent piece of kit. Cookware too. I've often picked up like small frying pans, pots. Uh, there's oftentimes relatively lightweight. They're not super, you know, not the best in the world, but if you're only going to take them out and use them two or three times. 
Well, for the cost you spend with them at the dollar store, if they work once, they paid for themselves. Yeah. 100%. But anyway, I, I think that's all I really had to say on the whole topic. I know for some of our listeners out there, it might have been a little slower than normal, but I think it's important information. Uh, it's definitely what you should look for in your own survival kit at the bare minimum and reasons as to why. It's not just mindless, yeah, here's everything you need for survival kit, go buck on you. We talked about each item and what you can do with it and why we chose it as that item. No, and like I said, I think it's a it's a good start. Um, and if you start off with your fanny pack, your butt pack, or, or even a small sling bag, um, and we've talked about those. I think I have a video up on how I worked one. That style pack, it doesn't take up a lot of room. You can easily throw it over your shoulder. You're only talking a couple of pounds of gear here at any given time. It's something you're going to easily throw and walk a distance. You're never going to notice it's there. But if you ever did need it, you're going to enjoy everything that's in there. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's an important thing. Um, yeah. So, you know, getting out there and knowing you have that bit of security and comfort makes a big difference. No. And I completely agree. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse and reiterate exactly what you just said, so I think I'll leave it there. Uh, last thing that I would like to throw out on the end of this episode is we did have a viewer send us a couple things for us. I uh, just want to let you know, Rocky, we did get those. I'm going to get Ben his, and we'll do a little bit of uh, review on them for you. And if anybody's wondering, uh, Rocky was nice enough to send us a couple of these open L knives. So there's one for Ben, one for me, and we're going to just test them out. He said, uh, I listened to one of your episodes, noticed you guys never talked about open L knives. I have a couple. Would you be interested in taking them and testing them? Of course, we're like, hell yeah. And he was an awesome dude, sent them up to us. And now that's exactly what we're going to do. But I don't want to start doing mine until Ben gets his. So now I got to try and make effort to get this up to you as soon as possible. Well... Yeah, I, I, we should be able to get it to me by Canada Day either way. Yeah, for sure, because I'll be going right by at that point. It was supposed to be this weekend. And you know what? You might just arrive back from where you're going this weekend, and it may be there. It's hard to say. I may get bored uh, and go for a drive. Sounds like a plan. But yeah, anyway, that's it for me for tonight. Once again, thank you, Rocky. This is awesome. Uh, we did get it. I'll shoot you a message as well, but I want to say it in one of the podcasts uh thanks for listening super appreciate it and i definitely look forward to giving this a test you too as always get out there play safe everybody have a good night <laughs>